Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode, a round of sound, so to speak, of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Harbin, and I'm, according to my wife, I have to be nicer to my co-hosts. Um, she's, she, she was in the kitchen and I like to re-listen to podcasts at, just to get a feel for how the flow of the show is going, what we can improve upon. It's not narcissistic. Trust me, maybe a little bit, but it's not. And I, she said, you're really mean to those guys. And I said, wait a second. I am not mean at all, but you know what? I'll apologize now. We're trying to keep the peace here. Uh, Dave Schofield, Brian, Anthony Davis, accept my apology for being too mean to you guys on this show. Dave, go ahead. Welcome yourself to the show. And you can either accept or shun my apology. That's up to you. I am the youngest of four children. I, if I'm not being um, dissed on completely all the time. I feel like people don't love me. <laughs> Brian, how are you doing this evening? Uh, spring has sprung, Jeff, and so am I. I don't know what that means, but it just seems right. Um, you know what? I accept your apology, too. I really didn't think you you should have really given me one last week. I think you should have given me one four years ago for all the tyranny that I've faced from you um, the last four years with ETSC. And uh, may, I, may I say that I... Uh, I have met your wife on many occasions. I consider her a friend, and I think she is a saint. I do question her choice in men sometimes, but I think she is an absolute saint. I will second that she is a saint. She birthed five of my children, um, our children, however you want to call that, and she still puts up with all my nonsense and lets me run this website. So, yes, she is a saint. But let's get off. Let's get this show off to the right start and that is a lot of people are, are asking a similar question and it's the headline of the episode it's the headline of the article on behind the steel curtain.com and that is why in the world are people bashing ben roethlisberger so much now okay and that's that's what everyone's talking about that's what everyone's asking because you have all these talking heads blowing hot air whether it's nfl network whether it's espn i mean you're getting people coming out of the woodwork i mean when when josh harris who was only in Pittsburgh for literally a cup of coffee is coming out and making these accusations that he saw Ben Roethlisberger fumble on purpose. I mean, I get that you might be upset and I'm referring to Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, that you might be upset that you're leaving town and the way that you left town and maybe the way that you were treated a little bit, but my gosh, he has been drugged through the mud repeatedly. I'm not going to say any more. I'll hold my comments to the end. Brian, what are your thoughts on this whole scenario and how things are unfolding? Everybody needs a scapegoat, Jeff. And the uh, now it's damage control. You have two guys that the entire time this was going on, um, they were painted as problems. GMs painted them as problems. The Jets took a long time to offer him a deal because there was parts 
of the upper management that did not want to bring him in because of the potential problems. They see all this stuff going on. Now we got to blame it on some somebody and uh, do damage image control, I guess. And that's what these sit-down interviews are. They're absolutely ridiculous. The people that are asking the questions have no journalistic integrity whatsoever because they're letting them say what they want to say, but say, hey, wait, what about this? What about this? I mean, for Le'Veon Bell to uh, complain about not getting carries when he held out because he didn't want to be run into the ground, that's a complete oxymoron from a moron. And, uh, you know, he's he's just <laughs> completely contradicting himself. And I am actually offended when I hear something that, you know, the Steelers, then the town just don't know how to treat athletes. Um, I've got two words for you in uh, in uh, proper names. Ryan Shazier. Ask Ryan Shazier if uh, the Steelers and the city of Pittsburgh know how to treat people. So as far as that goes, you know, this is them trying to paint an image, going to a new town, um, say that they were persecuted against when they weren't, and Ben's an easy target because he's the quarterback. But go to Green Bay. See if Aaron Rodgers isn't running the show there. See if um, – go to Los Angeles in the NBA, and uh, the guy that was agreeing with Antonio Brown about uh, – being persecuted is a guy that persecutes 11 other people on the Lakers team, LeBron James. These guys, the superstars, the quarterbacks of this league, they are in control of the offense. They have the power to go ahead and say, hey, let's run a play again in practice. But for Josh Harris to come out and say that, I didn't see uh, uh, I didn't see anybody else complaining about that play from four years ago. When you're looking at Marquise Pouncey, who's sticking up for him, Ramon Foster, Bruce Gradkowski, who's no longer on the team, sticking up for him. So, you know, this is a bunch of hooey, if you ask me. I've had it with these guys. I want them to go away and just wait. All I say, Steeler Nation, be patient because they're going to blow it up in Oakland and New York, respectively. It's going to blow up because that media is a far far more worse than it is in Pittsburgh. So sit back, grab your popcorn because it's going to happen. What about you, Dave? What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Good night, everyone. Oh, sorry. I thought Brian <laughs> just took care of it for everyone. Um, it's, it's, I don't even care to listen to it anymore. I think the best way to sum it up was when I was driving home from vacation, it was the day before the trade went through for Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown was my daughter's favorite football player. She is 10 years old. She went to our first game last year as a preseason game. Um, Antonio Brown obviously didn't play in the game, but she spotted him on the sidelines and everything. She's been paying attention to him for some time. And she asked me, so dad, did Antonio Brown ever just admit he was wrong and apologize to everyone so it could all get better? I said, no, sweetheart, he didn't. He wants to be traded to a different team. And she goes, hmm, he's dead to me. <laughs> and that was it. So that's genius. Kind of, yes. That's awesome. That's the awesome. mouths of babes. It was, it, 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 I mean, that was, that was perfect. Because honestly, that was the biggest thing with the whole AB situation. I'm like, I had to tell my kids about what was going on 
right as the season was over. So they didn't go to school and kids were like, oh, what happened to your Antonio Brown? You know, I wanted them to be aware of that situation. I would have just much rather not even told them about the whole deal. But it was just, it's ridiculous that a, that a 10 and a half year old realized that he, how childish he was being. And now everything is about saving face. Le'Veon Bell wants to save face. Antonio Brown wants to save face. And while they're taking shots at Ben Roethlisberger, some other people are trying to come in and say, yeah, yeah, let's see if I can be relevant a little bit and I'll take some shots too. Ben fumbled the ball on purpose. All right. I was at that game. First and foremost, Todd Haley was an idiot for calling anything other than a knee in that situation. When you were up with a minute 10 left by 10 points and the other team only has one timeout, you take a knee. It's what you do in the NFL. And when I look at the play, I I really liked uh, Gradkowski's breakdown of it. I looked at the play and I said either one of two things happened in that play and it wasn't that Ben fumbled on purpose. Either one, he was flustered by and frustrated with the call to where he either A, forgot that there was a fullback there and that's why he opened up the way he did or two, he forgot to open up and pivot around so the fullback could clear for him to hand the ball off. He just, it was like one of those moments of frustration where he just it happens where he, he wasn't completely focused on a, his ex- precise footwork for the prop for, for the play, but who in the world is going to fumble the ball on purpose? And that, how can you fumble it on purpose? You mean to tell me he purposefully stuck it out there in order for the fullback to knock it out of his hand. That's not how you fumble on purpose. Just, the whole notion is dumb. Everyone's just piling on to try to get their 15 minutes of saying, hey, if I say something crazy enough about Ben, um, people are going to report it. Uh, Isaac Redman, I'm pretty sure that's who it was, that did not appreciate the context that some of what he said uh, was was used. And then you get crazy people saying, well, no one's coming to Ben's defense. Baloney. Yeah, a couple of players. I mean, Marquise Pouncey took to Instagram and he recently and said, you know, look, all this stuff is BS. He said, if, if we were to open up our mouths about the people that left, and I think he's referring to obviously Brown and Bell and told some of the stories that we know about them, it might be a different story, but they're not. The thing that always resonates with me and in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I have no insider information, is that both Antonio Brown's sit-down interview and Le'Veon Bell's sit-down interview, where let's be honest, that's where about 90% of this stuff came from, were both very, very strategic. Very strategic. So Antonio Brown was trying to leverage his way out of Pittsburgh. That's when his he did the interview. That's when he said what he said, because he wanted to make sure he got out, and he wanted to do some damage to the Steelers at the same time by decreasing his value. Mission accomplished. Le'Veon Bell, I guarantee you, has been seeing every single article every single tweet about how dumb he is for passing up all that money in Pittsburgh and taking a lesser deal for the Jets. So what does he do? I have to think of a reason why I left for less money. Because I don't think Le'Veon Bell was unhappy in Pittsburgh. My gosh, he was a focal point of the offense. He He had unbelievable seasons there, and they were unbelievably patient with him as well. But at the same time, I think he his agent or him himself said, I have to give them a reason why I left. 
that's not about the money because right now I look like a horse is you know what. Because I said I was going to reset the market. And I said I wanted X amount of dollars. And I signed a deal that wasn't even close. So I need to manufacture some lame excuses as to why I hate the Steelers. How all of a sudden they don't treat me like a human. They don't let me play video games. Are you serious? Have you met Juju Smith-Schuster? The guy does nothing but play video games and run. He goes and runs passing routes in the mall with his friends. I mean, he's like a juvenile 16-year-old, but he's a really good football player in the NFL. I mean, I've, I there was so much BS in that interview. And, and I, I said this to you guys before we went on the air. That was one of the worst interviews I've ever seen in my life. There was no... There, there were no follow-up questions that there was nothing hard hitting at all. And like, I think it was Dave might've been Brian at the beginning of the show said there was never a, well, what about this? You know, you say you don't like Mike Tomlin. What about all those occasions that you tweeted out that you love coach Tomlin and that he's your favorite and that you wouldn't want to play for anyone else. Like what exactly happened? Because you said it was always like this in Pittsburgh since the day you got there. I'm not going to get too much too into the interview itself, but to understand, I think it was very strategic I don't think anyone that watched all 25 minutes of it, I did, uh, can leave there thinking that this guy isn't anything but full of you-know-what, period. And so, as Dave said, Ben Roth, he brought the Spurgers a scapegoat. And the one thing that I'm super happy about is that Roethlisberger has been silent. I don't want to hear from him. I don't want to hear from him until all of a sudden he signs his new contract and maybe he meets the media for that. I would. I, I bet he doesn't even do that. I bet the next time we hear from Ben Roethlisberger is organized team activities, maybe after the NFL draft, because it seems like if they're if he and ninety three seven the fan are going to do their radio show this year, that they do something after the draft. It was after the draft last year when he made those comments about um, Mason Rudolph on the radio, which caused a lot of a lot of buzz. So with that said, I do want to mention something I was going to say anyways, but uh, the KG experience, one of the people in our live chat right now made, made this comment, and I, I whole 100% agree. He said, I think we would all be fools to believe that Ben is 100% innocent, but I think him shouldering all the blame is ridiculous. I would hope that the public calling out would stop. I would hope that the radio show would disappear and we get back to Steelers football. And that's what I want to say. Uh, well, I'm pissed off that Ben Roethlisberger is getting all this heat and all this blame. He, I don't think he's innocent. I think he could be a better teammate. I think he could be a better leader. But you know what? The guy has been, he's a 15-year vet. He's earned a lot of privileges in this league. And I don't blame the Steelers for sticking by their guy. He's the franchise. And in my opinion, if you have Roethlisberger in the lineup, you always have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But that's just me. Brian, what are your thoughts before we move on? You know what? I think both of you really hit it on the head really well. You know, this is just a situation. Once again, you gotta blame somebody. You gotta look good on the other end. Um, it's just sickening to me. And the national media really, Tony uh, Defio wrote a uh, article maybe a week ago telling the national media, Hey, look, you know, you're back in this guy, uh, Antonio Brown at the time. And uh, you're not even looking into every everything else that's going on. The former players are doing the same. So it's nice to see a few former players like Chris Carter coming out and saying, look, you're being absolutely ridiculous uh, in this vein. And one more thing before we move on, I want to ask Dave a question here. Um, Dave, your comments were absolutely fantastic. But I do, I want to start either or a little earlier. 
what Uh-oh. would you rather do, Dave? Would you rather talk to your kids about the birds and the bees or why Antonio Brown is leaving? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Let me see. Oh, that's 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 one that I think we'll save that for the end. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a these hard conversations you have to have with your kids. Man, uh, they, they were they were more ready for the Antonio Brown one. My son's only seven. He wasn't ready for the for for the other one. And I I would like to say uh, one more thing. The Isaac Redman Award that we have on BTSC. I think that should be. Uh, change now to the Ola Denny Award. That's one thing. And the other proposal, I'd like to have uh, Dave's daughter on instead of him next week. <laughs> well, let, well, Brian, before you hating on Isaac Redman, his comments in that article I thought weren't they weren't what Joshua Harris said. That's true. It, it, they, I, and he even went back and said, look, read what I said, and that's not the context that I said it in, but it, it, that's a question. I was, it, I'm hopeful I'm not going to say that I'm going to put money that this is a factual, that the Ben bashing is 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 about done, because I, you can see that Antonio Brown has kind of moved on. He's now welcoming Vontez Perfect with open arms. Come, <laughs> come to Jesus. It's a come to Jesus meeting with the guy that tried to decapitate me in 2015. It's we're all good, man. We're all good. Everyone wants to hate. Okay, whatever, dude. That um, he angers me. <laughs> I mean. The guy tried to end your career more than one time, but that's forgivable because we're teammates. A guy wants you to rerun a route in practice, and there is no reconciliation to be had. How yeah, the team that made it. I am done with this. Just let's talk about something else. Okay. Uh, so, in, in other news, I'm going to go out and party with my ex-wife. So uh, there you go. Oh, well, this would be interesting. <laughs> that, I mean, that that <laughs> sounds like what Antonio Brown's doing. I mean, I. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, he's kind of moved on. He's he's already been to Derek Carr's house as many times as he has been to Ben Roethlisberger's house. So that's a plus. Um, and I think Le'Veon Bell now is at the point where he said his piece and he can move on. And so I hope the Steelers do too, and I think they will. Next week, Mike Tomlin, this will kind of get rehashed again because he'll be at the owners' meetings down in Phoenix, and he's going to have a local media session, and he'll get to ask some questions, and Kevin Colbert will talk, and Art Rooney will talk. So there will be some news next week. I don't expect them to say much other than the status quo. And for once in my life, the status quo is just fine. <laughs> it really is. Although I can't complain. Our podcast downloads are through the roof. Our, our page views are through the roof. Um, and so a part of me will miss that. But there's also a part of me that is still a fan of this of, of this football team and wants them to succeed. And I can see them succeeding once this stuff is finally in the rearview mirror. And then we can all look forward to what's coming up. So speaking of what's coming up, the last time we were on the air, the Steelers had already made two moves in a free agency. They had signed Steven Nelson from the Kansas City Chiefs in free agency cornerback, and they had signed Dante Moncrief, wide receiver from both the Colts and the Jaguars um, uh, in free agency. But they also picked up, not in free agency, he was just a, he was a release player. And that's Mark Barron, who's an inside linebacker slash safety. He's a hybrid linebacker, so to speak, from the Rams. Um, I want to get your guys' take on on him in a second. But before we get to that, I was driving home today, and I was thinking about Dante Moncrief and where he's going to fit in this offense. And so I kept on thinking about his skill set, 6'2", 
a lot of speed, probably a guy that's going to be able to play on the outside. But then I thought, well, if Juju is occupying one of those positions, James Washington is another guy who could be occupying one of those positions. And the slot receivers will assume are Ryan Switzer and Eli Rogers. And you're also going to assume they're going to draft at least one wide receiver. I kept on saying to myself, where is this guy going to fit? I think I have an answer, but I want to hear what your guys' take are first. Dave, go ahead with how you see Dante Moncrief fitting into this wide receiving depth chart, not from a depth chart standpoint, but actually on field. They're running the offense. How does he fit? All right. that I like this question. The way I look at Dante Moncrief is this. I think he he's going to be really tied with James Washington. The more success James Washington is going to have, the less you're going to need Dante Moncrief. If James Washington is still going to be struggling in his second year, then you're going to see Dante Moncrief stepping up. Personally, I would like to see Moncrief. I still want to see him as that outside guy. I want him in the Martavis Bryant role. That's what I would like to see. You talk about where to put Juju. Juju's the guy now. And the best thing you can do with Juju is to be able to play him anywhere to exploit the matchup. But in order to do that, you have to have the personnel that can fill in in other places. That's just my opinion. What about you, Brian? This is a tough one for me. I'd like to piggyback a little bit on Dave. Um, I would think that you would uh, see some platooning. You would see, uh, and I, I agree with Dave's sentences about uh, about just the fact that, you know, if uh, if Washington's doing better, you might see a little less. But let's go back to 2017 a little bit. You had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and a 6'4 guy that could take the top off the ball, Martavis Bryant. Now, Bryant did do some complaining there, but he still put up about five, 600 yards. Well, Juju put up 900, and AB did his astronomical uh, job as always. So if you could fit him in just the way you did in 2017, move him around, get those three guys on the field at the same time, you know, you're uh, you're doing fine because that's what they did a good bit of it. You didn't see a lot of Eli Rogers in 2017. No, you're right. They didn't. And that, he got hurt in the playoff game that year. I am going to, and Thomas White in our live chat, I want to give him a shout out. He kind of, he, he knew where I was going with this. And I agree with Dave in, 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 a, in a roundabout way. I, I like what Dave said. He took it a step further. I think that Juju Smith-Schuster, although you can put him on the outside, if you if in a perfect world you have James Washington as one outside receiver, Moncrief as the other, and you can put Juju in the slot. Juju in the slot is one of the best slot wide receivers in the National Football League, maybe second only to Adam Thielen in Minnesota. And but uh, Dave, I really like what you said about how they can move him around. So where are the matchups? And what I'd love to see them be able to do more. And I've been saying this for years, going back to Todd Haley days. If there's one thing that they used to do with Heinz Ward and even Santonio Holmes back in those, uh, I guess that was, um, see, that would have been Ken Wisenhunt, uh, his offense. Um, who was Mike Tomlin's offensive coordinator when he first came in? Um, Bruce. That's right, Bruce Arians. They ran that bunch offensive set a lot. 
uh, single set. They, they would have Heinz Ward there, San Antonio, and they could run a myriad of different routes as well as run the football out of that as well. Uh, to me, Juju Smith-Schuster is built for that. Antonio Brown is not. Antonio Brown's a guy that needs separation. He wants to be away from the, the, the chaos, so to speak, of the line of scrimmage. Juju, I mean, we all remember the hit on Vontez Burfick, but as a blocker, he's better than just a decleating hit against the most hated player for the Steelers fan base. Uh, for me, I think that absolutely this is a situation where you move Juju around. I think Von Kreef is, unless he comes into training camp and is just pulling a lima Swede and can't catch the football, I think that absolutely he would find a way to be on the field. And then the then and this whole time the wild card for me has been James Washington. You just don't know what to expect because he had flashes at the end of the year, but is he going to be consistent enough? Is he going to have the confidence? I think he lacked that last year. Um so yeah, Dave or I'm sorry, Brian, do you think that'll work out? Is that something you think uh, that they'll be looking into doing or do you see something different? No, you know, I agree with you completely on that. Um, I wasn't thinking it beforehand, but uh, as you bring that up, really good. Yeah, so, um, all right, Dave. Is there anything you want to Well, let's talk about Mark Barron. We didn't get a chance to talk about him. Uh, he's the hybrid. I, I think that, personally, his signing equals the end of the road for uh, Morgan Burnett. I think they'll probably have a post-June designation on his release they'll save some more salary cap space that way um clearly no one's that interested in him because he's still on the free agent market um what are your thoughts on the signing the price tag and how do you see him fitting into the defense dave will go with you first i thought the price tag was a little steep for what he could end up being for the sealers this year and that is right now he's brought in He's your insurance policy if you don't get one of the the top tier inside linebackers in the draft, that he's going to have to play there and play there a lot. But what if they do? Where's he going to play? How's he going to get on the field? And it seems like an awful lot of money that you were sinking into someone that, depending on how the draft goes, could not, might not really like the way that they fit in. Um, much like a James Harrison after the, dra the they drafted TJ Watt or, and, and, and things like that. I, I don't know. I like that. He's there. I like that, that, that you have things to do with him, but at the same time, if you, let's say the Steelers do move up and get a nice inside linebacker or one falls to them at 20, they're going to want to get that person on the field as well. So it's going to be, there's going to be a lot to figure out there. There's going to be, Having more players than positions for them to play right now isn't a bad thing. No, you're right. You're right. Brian, what about you? What do you think about Barron? I love the Barron signing. Um, we've seen guys like this come in being a uh, seventh pick overall. Um, we brought in a uh, inside linebacker that was uh, eighth overall in 1997. You might remember a guy named Potsy. James Ferrier, you know, that's that's something to think about there, that uh, there is life with another franchise with some of these guys. He uh, he had a very good playoff season, Mark Barron. Um, it's probably uh, it's what they need to help uh, to help make it so you're not desperate to go inside linebacker or trade up. Um, you could go a lot of different places now because of this. I do also want to make another comment. Um, comparing Burnett 
Some people are complaining about comparing Burnett and Barron because they're two different positions. But hey, how many times did Burnett come up in those sub package as a sub package linebacker? And that's the reason he wants out of town. It's not for any other reason, just the fact that he doesn't want to play sub-package linebacker. So how is that any different? So with that being said, I love the signing. They brought in their three biggest needs, are still three biggest needs going into the draft, but they have somebody to also come in and compete, be a little bit of a placeholder, or win the job outright. So I like all three of these signings. The Baron one, I was very happy about. Dave mentioned the price being a little steep. Yeah, I, I get it, but you're freeing up money. You, ha you have some money to do it. You need to bring somebody in. You know that Bostic's not the answer, but you still have Bostic there for depth. So there's some good things going on there. My question to you fellas is this. I'm the cap to me with the whole Antonio Brown thing with everything else going on. I know two and a half has just been freed up with the Vince, Vince, excuse me, Vince Williams money, but it's not very clear to me. So as far as the cap goes, is there room right now to bring somebody else in or is this just draft pick money? Can I answer something with that? Sure. Go ahead. It's not just the cap to bring someone in. And this is part of the reason why, why, why Baron was a good signing is if you sign another qualifying free agent and don't lose a qualifying free agent, you will not get any compensatory value for Le'Veon Bell. I put an article out about that earlier in the week that right now the Steelers are still lined up to get that pick from losing Le'Veon Bell, but not if they sign another free agent and don't lose another free agent by the second Tuesday after the draft, because that's when the period is over when it all factors into the compensatory picks in the past. I've never really thought about the Steelers doing free agency to make sure you get that pick in this case with, with the whole bell situation. I think it would be smart. I think if they're going to add anything else, they they've got to be really smart with it. Someone who's cut rather than a free agent. Um, or wait until that deadline like the Patriots have done in the past. That's a good point, Dave. And if people keep commenting about the Baron and Burnett. Listen, here's the deal. Morgan Burnett was signed to be a safety, and he got hurt, and he got hurt again, and it kept him out of the lineup. So Terrell Edmonds was thrust into that position at strong safety, and he played okay. And the, the coaching staff liked him enough there, so then they – they put Morgan Burnett in that hybrid linebacker role, which was supposed to be Terrell Edmonds' role. Terrell Edmonds obviously was the safety. Morgan Burnett said, I was brought here to be a safety. And they said, well, you know, you lost the job. He wants out of town, like Brian said. This is that hybrid safety. Now, people say, well, why would you bring it, pay the guy this much money for it be, to be a sub-package player? Because they run sub-packages probably more than 75% of the time. If you're a sub-package player in the Steelers 3-4 scheme, which they don't even run that often anymore, you're basically a starter. So they got a guy that's bigger. He's more experienced at that role. He had that role with uh, Los Angeles last year with the Rams. I think in retrospect, looking back on it, I thought it was a good signing. The price tag, in my opinion, is not too much. But I will say this, Brian, to, your, to what you said, I, that I disagree with, I still think they need to go all in on an inside linebacker. I'm still trading up, even though they got Baron, I'll still trade up to get a Devin. Stairway to Devin, 
I think someone said that once. I think I just I just created that actually. I just made that up. Yeah, I, I know that's you're you're very very intuitive. <laughs> I, I love that. That's fantastic. You know, Jeff, <laughs> don't get me wrong on that comment. I I want an inside linebacker too. Okay, but stock is rising. And you see it rising. And we saw it last year at when four guys are gone, The when the fourth guy went to Tennessee, went off the board, inside linebacker, there was nowhere else to go to. Um, there's two this year that they're looking at or being the can't-miss guys. The third one is uh, Mac Wilson from Alabama, but he's more of a second-round guy. Yeah. So what I'm saying by making those comments, I'm saying that, you have some options here. Um, and the if you can't trade up or you can't do it, we everybody was down before that pick even came in. When when you heard Terrell out before you even heard Terrell Edmonds' name, everybody was devastated because the linebackers were off the board. It was ILB or bust. And this year, I think it's the possibility that if they don't get it. You can look at other places. You can look at a Greedy Williams at corner or a Byron Murphy, or you're looking at, or you're looking at a can't miss wide receiver. Yeah. So you have, you have options. You do have options. And that's, that's important. I, I do think that this year for me is ILB or bust still. Um, and it might be, look, I don't think Devin White's in the book. You'd have to trade a, a, a hall to move up and get him. You'd have to go inside the top 10, in my opinion, but I think that Devin Bush is, is someone that if it's around pick 14 or 15 and he's still there, pick up the phone. We're making a deal. We're making a deal. So I want to throw in something with what Brian said where he's exactly right because you don't want another – I want to stop talking about these guys, but we just I have to make comparisons. It's, it's like the, the number 84 situation where when teams know that you have to do something, they're going to exploit you. Last year, the Steelers tried to trade up for an, out, for an inside linebacker, and, they, the, and everyone says, why didn't they trade up? Why didn't they trade up? You have to be someone – there has to be a team that's willing to trade with you with what you're willing to depart with. And the problem is if they didn't, hadn't signed Baron and looked like it was so obvious they had to have an inside linebacker, teams were going to just be asking so much more from the Steelers to trade up than they would other places because they knew they'd be desperate. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. That's our free agent outlook so far. And we wanted to talk about Baron. I thought we did a good job of that. Um, but now we're going to transition over to the stat geek segment. Here's an interesting fact that I, I, you guys probably know this. A lot of people that listen might not know this. You brought up James Ferrier, Brian. Did you know that James Ferrier actually played football against Mike Tomlin in college? He was a freshman at Virginia when Mike Tomlin was a senior at what university? William and Mary. Very good. The green Bill. and gold. My, my, my brother worked there for almost 10 years, so I got Bill. it. Yeah. <laughs> or as they call it down in Virginia, Bill and the you-know-what, B-I-T. You know. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, how about I need that T-shirt now. That would be great. I have a William and Mary T-shirt. It's well, uh, one of my favorite it, T-shirts. Does it say Bill and the you-know-what? No, but I, I need one. I need a B&B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, take it away with our stat geek segment. It should be short, right? Because we're talking about specialists. 
Uh, no, it's not short because who wants to talk about specialists? I, I am I, I am going to transition to specialists. But seriously, do you really care that Bobby Joe Green leads the Steelers in yards per punt of 45.69 on his 137 punts in 1960 and 61? I certainly don't. So I'm not even going to talk about punters. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about some of the research that I had for my article that came out earlier this week, which was about, um, I've really been diving deep into uh, the compensatory draft. Wait a second. So, we're not going to talk about kickers at I'm all? We're going to talk about kickers. Oh, okay. right. Trust me, it ties in. But so I'm going to start here. And just because I did so much research for this, and I do have an article that should be coming out. Uh, whenever Jeff wants to do it, I I didn't want to send it to him too soon because I want you to have the answers to these questions. Um, <laughs> where I basically tie this past season and a success from this past season all the way back to the same draft as Ben Roethlisberger, but not anything with Ben Roethlisberger is where it started. But uh, you'll have to look for that one. But the question is this. If the Steelers get a third-round compensatory draft pick this year or, or based on this offseason for next season – um, it will be their sixth one. They have had five compensate third round, which is the best you can do. Well, since 1997, it's the best they can do. In 1994 um, is when they started compensatory picks, and um, they put them in any round at that point. But ever since then, it's only been rounds three through seven since 97. And the Steelers have had five, five third round compensatory picks. Can you name any of them? I can. Yep. Um, I'm going to say James Conner. Definitely. That is one. Um, And I'm thinking back to 09, and I'm not sure. I would probably say Mike Wallace, but they had three third rounders that year. One was because of a trade um, when they traded down out of the first round. It was uh, Craig Urbic that they got, uh, Mike Wallace, and uh, Joe uh, Burnett. And all three, and all three, that was their normal pick, and from two different trades. Because oh, I was okay. looking at third rounders um, with some other stuff with that as well. But no, so it wasn't in, in that year. But you are correct with James Conner. Um, here, I'll give you some hints. James Conner was one of three running backs out of the five that they've done. Three of them has been running backs. Four of them have been on offense. One of them is one of the most beloved Steelers of all time in Pittsburgh, but nowhere else. I'm thinking Amos Zeroway. Amos Zeroway was a was a third round compensatory pick. Famous is he Amos. the beloved one? Is he the beloved mm-hmm. one you're talking about? Oh no, the beloved one is from the only person of these picks that went to college, not either in the state of Pennsylvania or an adjacent state. He was for the, this player was from the University of Georgia. Hines. Third, Hines Ward was a compensatory draft pick. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that that was an amazing draft. Um, of course, with uh, Fanica going first and then Jeremy Stat going second, and they got it right with not the first pick, but the second pick of the third round. Yeah, it was Hines. Yep. So Hines was in 98. Zeroway was in 99. We still have someone that was in 97, and we have someone that we would love to forget from 2014. So... The, the 1997 pick, unless Jeff wants to take a shot at this, or is he good? No, I'm good. 
1997 <laughs> pick was was a former Pro Bowler, now head coach, but was never a Pro Bowler for the Steelers. Oh, it, it was Mike Vrabel. Yeah, it was Mike Vrabel. He was out of a third round Ohio rapper. State. Out of Ohio State. And I know, I know the 2014 one as yep. well. And we got Dree Archer. That is correct. Boom. Yeah, like the arrow, Dree Archer. <laughs> For those of you watching on YouTube, Brian is a, is attempting to do the uh, the, the Brett Kiesel sack celebration, um, <laughs> where he's firing the his arrows into his computer screen. So. Um, what was interesting, what I really started to dive into, was who did the Steelers lose to gain these picks? The article that I have coming out is, is focusing on James Conner and who the Steelers lost when they gained that third-round pick. And uh, I went back and researched the other, the other ones, and there was nothing that said in stone what they were. I just looked up each person that they lost who had the biggest salary, which had to then... Um, figure out who gave them a third round pick. I'll but, give uh, you one. Give me one of them if you can. It's got to be uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, got to be one of them. Uh, what year did Emmanuel Sanders leave? So he left um, after the uh, after the 2013 season, I believe. Uh, so no, no, it was beyond that because okay, the 14 then. Yeah, and there wasn't a third-round pick in there. He equated for something in there, but it wasn't as high as a third-round pick. Then I, then I do not know. I have, from from what I know for sure, that the James Conner pick was due to the loss of Kelvin Beecham. Okay. Mm. What about um, Mike? Uh, what about Mike uh, Wallace? He was the result. Uh, Dree Archer was the third-round pick as a result of the Mike Wallace loss. What about Plexico Burris? Pat Plexico Burris uh, was not because um, after 2014 and the 2017, the Steelers only had a third round pick in 97, 98, and 99. So they went 15 years without a third round comp pick. So all those people they lost in there equated to picks. I got one. The highest you could get. Rod Woodson. Uh, that's what I, I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, Rod Woodson. That's it. There it was. Rod Woodson was responsible for the Heinz Ward pick. And guess 98. what? He wasn't. No? His contract wasn't big enough. The Steelers lost a bigger contract in that offseason. Woodson gave, I think it was, Woodson equated to a fourth round pick. But the third round pick came from Chad Brown. They lost them both in the same offseason. So... And that's how they got the the, the pick for Heinz Ward. Uh, the Mike Vrabel pick, from what I could figure out, came from the loss of Kevin Green. Um, and the Amos Zeroway pick came from the loss of Yancey Thigpen. So uh, those, like I said, that there's nothing that stated flat out that's where the Steelers got that pick. I just went through all the free agents they lost in those years and figured out who signed the biggest contract. To lead into where we're going, the first ever compensatory draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers occurred in 1995 in round seven, pick 247. Any idea who the Steelers' first ever comp pick was? And your hint is it's tying into our next segment. Chris Brown. Uh, Chris Brown was way after that. What year? What year? It was 1995. 
95. That was a Gary Anderson kick before that. Yeah, Gary Anderson started kicking in, what, 80 or 81? Something like that. Um, he did not play for the Steelers. He did not win the job. The job instead was won by who kicked for the Steelers in the Super Bowl in, in the 95 season? Norm Johnson. We'll get three points off of Norm Johnson's toe. Here we go. And who? Uh, oh, oh, I. He ended up Cole. Yep. Cole Ford. Cole Ford, kicker out of USC, ended up Went in the Oakland. Ended up in Oakland. Kicked the first five games for them. I couldn't figure out anything of why he didn't kick in any games that season. Afterwards, he made the All Rookie Team with those five games. Um, kicked for him the next season. Uh, then was with the Bills for one game after that, and that was it. Cole Ford. Um, is actually more famous from 2004 non-football. Anyone remember this story? Where he was arrested for for shooting at Siegfried and Roy's house in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Steelers' first ever compensatory draft pick. Oh, we know how to screen them. I could, I could, I could go. I could go into more details about that, um, I don't, but I'm not going to. I just thought that was funny. So that's leading us into kickers. I am at least going to ask you a couple really quick, quick kicking questions so we can be done this segment. Jeff is like, please just stop it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how, how many Pro Bowl kickers have the Steelers ever had? Give me uh, a pro, pro two. I'm going to say one. That answer would be five. Oh, wow. So Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. Chris oh, Boswell. Right. It was, oh my goodness, uh, over 25 years since they had had a, a, a Pro Bowl kicker. Gary. Gary Anderson. Three times. 93, 85, and 83. And uh, Matt Barr? The Matt Barr, uh, not with the Steelers. He only kicked for the Steelers a couple years. It was pre-Matt Barr. Going to be Jarella then. Yep, Jarella was twice, 72 and 74. And I could really... not name another Steeler <laughs> I could not name a Steeler kicker before Jarella. I I couldn't even name Jarella. <laughs> but no, I my I can never remember how to pronounce his name. No, it was Mike Clark in 66 and Lou Michaels in 62 and 63. Um who holds the record for the longest field goal made by the Steelers? It's a tie between two people. It's 55 Jeff. yards. Jeff Reed? That, that it is it is 55 yards. Is Jeff Reed one of them? Jeff Reed is not the answer to this question. Uh, okay. It's Gary. Gary Anderson. It's Boswell. No, I don't no. think Boswell. Boswell never made 55. I know it's Gary. Yep. You mentioned him earlier. Norm. Norm. No, that would be one Chris Brown. Chris Brown. That's right. Yeah. In 2001, he had a 55 yarder. Gary Anderson's was an 84. Hey, real the quick. Steelers, real quick yeah. on Chris Brown. What was the uh, famous greeting that was on signs because of Chris Brown in that terrible season of 99 uh, of 2001? I can't remember for the life of me. And as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, oh yeah. Mary Chris Miss K R I S <laughs> Miss <laughs> Chris Miss yes, um, but yeah he he's tied for for the, for the longest um, fifty five yards. Steelers only have eight field goals in team history of fifty three yards or more. 
only eight. They are eight of 73 from 53 yards or greater. Well, it's not, um, an, easy, not an easy place to kick. Yeah, well, this is even anywhere, which oh. this, this away from Heinz Field. <laughs> Here you go. This, we'll end with this one just for Jeff because I want him to answer this question. What was or who was responsible for and where, what, how long was the longest field goal attempted by a Steeler? Well, it's going to be Jeff Reed. It's going to be Jeff Reed. And do, was, do you remember what it was? Was it like a, it was like a 60 yarder, wasn't it? Any idea, Brian? Do you remember it at all? Was it in no, Denver? Not at all. It was in Denver. You were correct. It was in Denver. It was the end of the first half of a game in Denver. He attempted a 65 yard field goal, which was no good. I don't know how he missed it. If it was, I assume it was just short. Um, but the ironic thing uh, about that game is the Steelers ended up losing on a last second field goal by Denver that was like 49 yards. So, what year was that? That, that was in it. 2007. 2007? 2007. McMillan and Wife. Go to McMillan and Wife. You could watch the field goal. (laughs) Um, You can't bring up Jeffrey without talking about which local establishment he (laughs) destroyed a paper towel dispenser and... Sheets, man. Which, by the way, a little we could do a little either or here. Sheets or Wawa. I think everyone that's on this show would agree. Sheets, Dave. Dave. What? Sheets or Wawa? Come on, answer. Oh, you know, sheets. Thank I was you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know what? I'm not going to diss Wawa. Wawa's pretty good too. It's not as good as Sheets. They don't, have, they, they don't sheets have before they don't have the MTO. They don't have the MTO. Yeah. No, I was uh, there before uh, MTOs. Wawa has a pretty good breakfast just to pick up their stuff and go. But I don't know. the. But when it comes to order and everything else, it's it's sheets. I, I stopped by sheets before and after every Steelers game I go to. My wife, my wife can attest that my brother and I back in college days could eat a Bavarian ham pretzel melt in under a minute. <laughs> Easily. Easily. Just so just so we're clear on that. So <laughs> real quick on the whole sheets thing. Yeah. To, you always bring up the Jeff Reed. You brought it up last week. That's because he's um, awesome. Or two for weeks it. ago. And but that sheets, where was that sheets at? Um, so it's Pittsburgh would be too obvious. I'm gonna say Johnstown. It was New Kensington. Oh, damn it. It's a, it, it was a, it was, a, it, was a, it was a nice sheets. It's a really uh. So <laughs> let's, well, let's take 35 seconds and talk about our specialists. <laughs> Switzer's going to break one. One of these days, Switzer's breaking okay. one. Well, if we're going to count him, then, then we could talk a little bit longer. Well, here's the thing. Um, I can honestly say that our specialists, not just the players, but also the teams, like the return team, kick coverage team, punt team, punt return, all that stuff. They're all pretty bad. Um, Danny Smith might dial up some really good punt blocks and stuff like that from time to time. But in terms of the details, they lack the details. Uh, but let's talk more about positional, just straight up like hey, Chris Boswell guys, is there any chance he rebounds in that last year was nothing but a funk and he had the yips or maybe he had a groin injury. Brian, go with you first. Is, is he going to make it back or what? He could, but I'm not, I'm not throwing my chips down on him. Okay. What about you, Dave? 
after they paid him that much, it's hard to not have him kick, but they can't afford to do it if he just can't get it back. Um, I'm hoping that he just shakes it off. and He usually just lets stuff just roll off of him. That's what he did um, the season before, and that's why he was so great. But we'll see. Yeah. And Jordan Berry's back. That's exciting. No, Yay. <laughs> I would say that he had a better second half than he had a first half. Well, yeah, he, I will say this. If the Steelers can give him a short field, he is not horrible, which that's not saying much at getting punts to land inside the 20. Uh, but when he, when you need that field flipping kick, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. I mean, how many times have we seen Sam Coke of the Ravens where you have him pinned back? You're like, yeah, we got him right where we want him. We're going to get great field position, and he boots a 60-yarder, and you're back inside your own 20, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, here we go again. You know what I mean? It's just awful. So what do you guys think about the punting situation? Seems fun, right? You know what? I'm fine with it. Um, they They could do better, but there's so many other places to put money into. Um, they gave him a two year deal, which I thought was a little steep, but you know, I wanted to prove it one year deal and make it so like, Hey, if you screw up mid season, we're calling somebody to come kick off their couch. <laughs> I think both of these kickers should have competition in camp period. Um, even though they did sign them to contracts and unless someone else has anything to add, I'm, that's about all I want to talk about. Our but it's bogus. It's bogus competition, though. Not necessarily this year. I don't think it would be. Even but, though they signed contracts, I don't think it would be bogus competition, personally. Because you look at last year, the Steelers are one or two kicks away from being in the playoffs. Period. I agree, but I they're they're not swallowing. They have a tendency, and Dave and I have talked about this before, to just... No, not swallow their pride and uh and just go ahead and and say hey we're keeping them we believe in this guy because we we don't want you to blame us for having a bad having a bad investment dave oh man punters really <laughs> really that's what we have to do now i've and and even the kicker well even with boswell when he made the Pro Bowl the year before last, I know he got offended when some national people said this or some even Steelers writers said this. This was before I was part of the site. So when I said it, it was just the people that I knew. That I'm like, he had the best season, but he's not the best kicker. You know, he got awarded for a Pro Bowl for having a great season because of the situations he was put in. But if you but if you say, hey, I need this kick right now. You're down by one. You're going to win it or lose it. I'm not picking Boswell. I mean, no offense, but there's better kickers in the division. The best kicker in football is in the division. So he kind of proved that last year that he, that, that he, it, it was only situational that he wasn't as good. I, I want to throw something else out there. I'm, I'm going to go against the norm. I'm going to say that I want the Steelers to semi-repeat something from two years ago. If they do not trade away a bunch of their picks in order to move up and they have all 10 picks, I want the final pick that the Steelers have in the draft. Don't say long snapper. To be a long snapper. <laughs> I 
want one Jake Olson from USC. Oh, the guy that is blind. I think bring, uh, first of all, remember a few years ago when it was, I think the Bucky Buccaneers drafted the kid out of, out of Rutgers that was paralyzed and they drafted him anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that would be, first of all, a, a first class move. Second of all, let him actually come in and attempt to do the job. He's also an amazing motivational speaker. How can you not be inspired by being around this person? You know, he, he lost his first eye when he was less than a year old, his second eye at the age of 12. He's done everything from muscle memory. He had a pro day this week where he was raising money with his bench press. I mean, come on. I mean, if nothing else, so what if he doesn't make the team? Chances are you're going to have guys that you draft that don't make the team. I just think it could just be something good within the locker room to do. But that's the kind of guy I am. That's me. Well, you know, that's a great way to finish the specialist up. Uh, let's end on a positive because I can't – That I literally am like more – I'm more depressed now than when – we had earlier in the show. This it's depressing. I, I can get up. <laughs> I I can get up talking about any position, but you start talking about specials. Like I, when we texted each other this morning, I said, "What are we talking about?" You guys said specials. I'm thinking, "Oh, can we just skip this?" I know it's the last one. It's our last preview of the position stuff. We're done. Done. Okay, let's move on to fun stuff. So this is the point of the show where if you. Don't want to hear us rant and rave about stuff that really doesn't have much to do with football or the Steelers. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being a part of the show. Um, if you want to get to know us a little bit better, then stick around for our either or segment. Wildly popular. I mean, it's incredible. The feedback I get, which is zero, is awesome. So, uh, Dave. <laughs> you get feedback from us. We love it. That's true. This is true. All right. So, uh, Dave. Oh, do you you said you had a crappy one, so I want you to go first. I, I didn't say I had a crappy one. I didn't say I had an I just don't have an amazing one. I have a like bracket. I did a bracket. Oh my goodness, you can do a bracket. That's that's great. <laughs> um, I actually had two. I'm trying to pick which one I'm going to do. Um, I'm um I'm going to go with well. Well, first of all. You know, we could do this off air and we, we probably wouldn't even care because we're doing this as much for us as for anything. Yes. But but here we go. You just won a all expenses paid trip for two to New York City. Uh, you and your spouse are heading up there. It comes with uh, two nights in a hotel. And on top of that, you get you get to choose one of two Broadway shows that you get to take in while you're in New York. Are you going to go with the timeless classic of Phantom of the Opera, or are you going to go with the new sensation of Hamilton? Uh, Brian? No, I have to take my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, no hookers. I, I guess. No hookers. All right. Um, so that changes things for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Please don't tell my wife. Um, and you know what? I I'm going. Uh, I've heard all the buzz about Hamilton. I hear it's fantastic, but I have not seen Phantom yet. That's uh, I like classics, so I'm probably going to Phantom. I too will go to Phantom of the Opera. 
I asked this question because I've actually seen both shows. Uh, the, I went to, for an, on a trip to New York with my wife uh, for our anniversary about, um, almost six years ago, and we saw Phantom, and just the whole experience was great. But when I caught Hamilton when it was in D.C., that was absolutely amazing. I've listened to the soundtrack all the time. Um, as great as Phantom is, if you ever have the chance to go see Hamilton, you, you've got to go see Hamilton. All right. That's, sounds good to me. All right, Brian, you go last. You always go last. You're the most extravagant one, and that's why. So what I did today at work, and I was sitting there, and I was watching some foot, some basketball, March Madness. In honor of March Madness, I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a bracket. And then I started thinking, okay, I'm going to do a Steelers bracket where these guys are going to have to pick either or, and we're going to have a bracket. It's going to get down to the finals, and then we're going to have to pick a big either or. And I couldn't think of a way to do an actual Steelers one because it really wouldn't be fair because all the positions, all the players, it, it would have been way too messy. So I went with candy instead, which is a natural progression. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, if you're live on YouTube, I don't know if you guys can read my chicken scratch. We have two brackets here. One is Brian's side and one is Dave's side. And we have uh, we have eight total teams on each side here and you're gonna have to pick and we're going to go rapid fire here. So we're going to have Brian go first. So I'm going to tell you the matchup. This is a first round matchup folks. So, um, some of these are tough and it's, it's just the way that the seedings fell in terms of, uh, you know, how everything is So Brian. Are you ready? Oh, I'm all okay. set. Okay. So you have to choose. These are all chocolate candies, by the way, I left sugary stuff out of it. This is going to kill me. I gave up candy for Lent. And okay. also, my blood work didn't come back good. So, <laughs> all right, here so you're go. killing me. First round. First round. <laughs> no, you're killing you. Okay, good <laughs> That's point. true. First round. We're gonna go. Brian's gonna go for his first round. Then we'll go over to Dave's side and do his first round. All right. So, Brian, regular M and M's or Butterfinger? Butterfinger. Okay. Clark Bar or Twix? Twix. Reese cups or Snickers? Ooh, ooh, Snickers. First I, round. Snickers, Snickers by a nose. Hey, a lot of people were upset about the uh, committee for putting those two together in the first round, but that's another sidebar. <laughs> the committee, it's you and your car. <laughs> Peanut M&M's and Kit Kat. Peanut M&M's, I go crazy for those things. Okay, now let's go over to the Dave Schofield side of the bracket. First round matchup, three Musketeers or 100 grand? Three Musketeers. Okay. Baby Ruth or Nestle Crunch? Baby Ruth. Hershey Bar or Reese's Pieces? Which is really Reese's Pieces. No. Yeah, everyone always says Reese's Pieces. Is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> Reese's Pieces are disgusting. <laughs> oh, We're oh, going to go Hershey oh. Bar. <laughs> No, go I'm Hershey. Not a, all no, right, all I, right. I don't all like right. Reese's Pieces. Okay, so now let's go to our last one here on the Schofield side of things: Milky Way or Heath Bar? Oh my goodness! Brian had all the best ones. Mine suck. <laughs> Come on, I want all. Can I have his rejects on my side? Can you just answer the question? Um, I'm gonna go with. Well, I don't even remember what it was. Milky, Milky Way, Way or, or Heath Bar? As good as Heath Bars taste, they hurt my teeth when I chew them. So I got to go with Milky Way. What are you, 90? They hurt my teeth. 
They stick in your teeth something terrible. <laughs> okay. Back to the Davis side of things. We're in the second round. We have Butterfinger and Twix. Butterfinger. Butterfinger moves on. Oh. Snickers or peanut M&Ms? Goodness gracious. This is like the death knell. This wow. is the toughest bracket here. Yeah, that's... I tell you what, if I do what I've been doing lately, which has been a couple weeks, but peanut M&Ms. Peanut M&Ms. Wow. That's an upset, I think. All right, I, so love, get... I love me some Snickers, but I, I'm on a peanut M&M kick. Let's go ahead and just finish your bracket out to the finals. Butterfinger or peanut M&Ms, what moves on? <sighs> Um, I'm actually going to shock you all and I'll say Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Wow. I love it. Okay. I, what do you think of their new formula or have you not been able to eat it yet? I haven't. I did not know about that, but I knew about the, the, uh, the jalapeno M&M's peanut M&M's. Oh gosh. That sounds I, didn't try the, I tried the English awful. coffee. The English right, coffee. Dave, Dave, let's stay focused. All right, you're, you're oh, in the bracket. Here you didn't even go. have the best thing, which is the coffee nut M and M's. Those are the best. Oh gosh. Okay, Three Musketeers or Baby Ruth, Dave. We'll go Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth moves on. Hershey bar or Milky Way. We'll go Milky Way. Wow, Milky Way. I'm not a fan. Milky I'm Way. I'm not or... either. Okay. Like I said, all of Brian's Call... choices were better. You're getting, you're getting way too amped up over this. All right. Baby Ruth. I feel like we're in the Gonzaga bracket where there's no good teams to pick. <laughs> Milky Way or Baby Ruth to face off against Butterfinger in the final. Let's let's let Baby Ruth get absolutely destroyed by Butterfinger in the final. Now I do like Baby Ruth, so this to me is not a bad championship. So guys, here's your either or: Butterfinger or Baby Ruth. Who wins? Butterfinger. What about you, Dave? Butterfinger. I'll go. But hey. Dave. I'll go with baby baby Ruth because Butterfingers hurt my teeth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can I? We gotta say it like sloth real quick. Baby Ruth. Oh, that's right, the Goonies. <laughs> and Baby Ruth. What other movie was Baby Ruth very Caddy prominent Shack. in? There you go. There you go. Hey, Caddy Swim from one to one fifteen. <laughs> All right, Brian, that was my either or. I tried to get through it as quick as possible. If Dave hadn't the mouth off the entire time, we yeah, I know. a lot earlier. You gave me <laughs> awful choices. But you know what? I, <laughs> mean, I mean, Reese I mean, Cups would have come through my bracket like nothing, and they were out in the first round because all but the good you stuff. Know what, Dave? You know what, Dave? In Brian's bracket, they didn't. So there you go. I it's, know it's, it's all about or. the matchups. It is, man. The committee <laughs> they 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 did a terrible job with the well, seatings. A lot of people I mean, are upset. They, who, who, who was the last four in and the first four out? That's what I want to know. You can send those complaint emails to no one cares at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got two. Wait a second! I thought your wife said you had to be nicer. <laughs> That's pretty nice. That's pretty. <laughs> All right, Brian, go ahead. Okay, I the the first one is just is a wimpy one, but spring has sprung today, March twenty first. Lots of rain where we're at, so let's talk about spring. Bruce Springsteen or Rick Springfield? Oh my gosh, it's so easy. I'll go first. Bruce Springsteen, I'm mean, the boss. Dave, you do, do you disagree? <laughs> It, it it's it's closer than what you think, but it's Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Love me the boss, but Jesse is a friend. That's the Rick only song. That's his I, only oh, song. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, 
Ryan just threw the headset <laughs> like he meant like the team missed a field goal or something. <laughs> Don't talk to strangers. Four weeks at number one. Love somebody. A great number four hit, which would have probably went all the way if it wasn't for Footloose. Did you just yeah, say hold God? On. Hold, on. hold on. Brian, I love Bruce, Brian, guy. saying something has gone to number one, I've, I've come to the conclusion is not that big a deal. Like you look at a band like Aerosmith, they had one number one hit their entire career, and it wasn't even a song that they wrote. So that tells me there was some stupid pop song that was above them in the charts for X amount of weeks. I don't, I don't put too much stuff Probably by Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield sucked. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Call your wife in here. Now you're being mean. <laughs> Rick Springfield's right. not that bad, but he's still not that, he he's not that he, he's not that good he either. Couldn't even open for Springsteen. All right, yeah. that, that that was the wimpy one. Oh, you ready? You, you ready? For, you ready here for the BD special? Let's let's here we go. You have one night left on Earth. Oh, good lord! You could either. Hang out with your family and your in-laws, or you could go to Vegas with Motley Crue circa 1984 <laughs> and Charlie Sheen. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Why did? How is the in-laws the kicker in one scenario, and Charlie Sheen is the kicker in the other? That's like the hook when you talk about Vegas odds. <laughs> like I'll give you three and a half. So there's the hook. <laughs> It's like uh, your in-laws or Charlie Sheen winning. I mean, I don't. <laughs> well, the, the Motley Crue thing too. I mean, yeah. And the reason the Motley Crue thing came out is in just a few hours, the movie oh, comes on right. Netflix. That's right. Yeah. I I have the book right over there that I've read three times. I can I I hope it comes out at twelve oh one because I'm staying up for it. I don't know how Netflix works though. But answer the question, Dave. Go ahead. There is no way that if I only had one night left on Earth that I could possibly imagine being with anyone else other than my children. But but wait 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 let, let me preface this with you've got notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give you three months notice. I'm spending my very last moments with my children. Wow. End of story. I I agree, but I, down, I, no doubt. Yeah, I I I did, the Charlie Sheen kicker is what kept me out. <laughs> I don't That's need, what you do a week before your I last don't, night. I don't know. I don't need Charlie Sheen around me in my life unless we're just sitting around talking about Major League, so or Hot Shots or all those great movies he did back when he wasn't who he is now. I'll stay with the family. I'll even take the in laws, and I'll I'll be just fine. But Brian, I have a feeling you're gonna. Rock the boat here, guys. I, I almost hate to answer this because you know how much I adore my family. I really do. And if I have three months' notice, I guarantee you, I am going to give those people ninety-two days. But that one last night, Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, even McMars, Vince Neil, and Charlie Sheen, we're all winning. <laughs> Well, oh dear. There you go. What a way to end the show. Hey, because so, I can't go to prison on my last night on earth. That's true. Well, you could, but you would just. I could, but I mean, I'm not going to get sentenced in time. True. True. So, what a great way to end the show. <laughs> so, um, for those that are still listening, God bless you. Uh, for those that are watching, 
may God have mercy on your soul. Um, other than that, I hope you all enjoyed the show. <laughs> if you continue to listen, make sure if you're on YouTube, <laughs> go to BTSC Steelers Radio, subscribe, like we appreciate it. Also, our audio platforms, anywhere you search for plug for podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, just search Steelers and you'll see the behind the steel curtain.com logo. That should be your one stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs behind the steel curtain.com. For Brian, for Dave, I'm Jeff. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers preview.